0: I don't know if I just need the rhythm to get a little bit more. Let me encourage you this morning to find your sermon notes. You can follow along as you like. More importantly, talk about it, and then live the message throughout the week. One of the most evil, despicable, terrible, horrible people that have ever lived... Even before the world knew of the evilness of Adolf Hitler, he was confronted in the comic books. In the comic books, nine months before America entered World War II, it was Captain America, the very first comic that bore his name. He was there to punch Hitler right in the mouth. Because that was his character. He always stands up against bullies. Captain America was the epitome of all things good. Truth, justice, in the American way. That was the whole idea behind this new character that that swept the comic book scene and then later on, of course, has become famous as the captain of the Avengers in the movies. But he's quite different from any other superhero that you've ever seen before. He wasn't born with superpowers. He didn't come from another galaxy to this earth like Superman and then receive extraordinary powers. Nor was he like Iron Man who could buy the technology to, well, cover up his flaws and weaknesses. He wasn't a Batman who was a vigilante going against criminals in the city. No, Captain America didn't have superpowers as his greatest asset, but rather it was his character. It was his goodness that set them apart. It was his character and devotion to his cause to save the world that are his greatest assets. Now, as we look at superheroes throughout uh, the movies and the comic books, generally, because you want to keep it interesting, you don't want to begin any story with, and they all lived happily ever after. I mean, how many of you would go see a movie if that's how it started? You need to move the plot along. And so you have to have some, some moral dilemmas. You have to have some conflict. And then you see how the characters change. For example, uh, next week we're going to do Star Wars. Some of you are Star Wars fans. And you'll remember a couple of characters. First of all, Anakin Skywalker. See if we have a picture of Anakin up there. Anakin was on the dark side. I mean, just look at those eyes, if you can see them. You can see the evil that is just boiling up out of him. At the end of the movie, Revenge of the Sith, he actually murders innocent children, and he turns to the dark side. There's there's a change in his moral character. On the other hand, we have his son, Luke, who is... Filled with rage and the the chance for revenge against his father. Sorry, spoiler alert, Darth Vader. Sorry about that. You haven't seen the movies yet. But he leans to the light side, to the side of good. But completely different with Captain America. You see, he is a static character. By that, I mean that he never changes. His morality never changes. What makes him compelling is that even in the face of overwhelming odds, in the face of stark evil, he always stands up for what is good and right and what we might even say is holy. And selflessly he gives himself to his team and to his country. So throughout all of this, Captain America does not change. And yet we have to understand that even though he is morally good in that way, as much like Jesus, he's not perfect. So let's have a picture of Cap up there. Cap is not perfect, but of course, Jesus is. There's uh, Steve when he's a little skinny yet. He's picked for the super soldier program, not because of his physical attributes, but rather because of his character. Abraham Erskine sees in him that he will always stand up to the bullies, that even when he has these, these so-called superpowers, that he's not going to use them selfishly, but he's going to use them for others. There's a defining line there in that first Avengers movie which says, from Abraham Erskine, he says, Steve, no matter what else happens, stay who you are. Not a perfect soldier, but a good man. And so he does not change, and yet, as we see, as we look at his character, Captain America is good, but he's not perfect. And the fact is, neither are we. Now, when I was uh, growing up on the farm uh, in Missouri, uh, a lot of you know I went to a Lutheran high school, a Christian school, a, v- a very good school. We had high moral standards, and yet, as you can imagine, just like in any school, there are always temptations. How many of you ever got in trouble in high school? Anybody? Anybody? Uh, uh, parents, you can raise your hand. It's okay. We won't tell your children. All right? So I didn't get in a lot of trouble, but I got in trouble occasionally, every now and then. And so one time I went home. It was a boarding school. I went home on the weekend, and I was in trouble. And my, my real punishment was, from the dean of students, I had to tell my dad. Now, I'm not going to tell you what I did. That's another time, another day. <clears throat> but I defended myself in saying... But all my friends, right, they're doing all these other things. I mean, they're, they're, they're driving too fast, and they're smoking, and they're drinking, and they're doing all these other things. I made this one mistake. And, of course, what my dad says is this. Other people are not our standards. He said, you're a team, and our standards are higher. And so it is for us as well as the people of God. We are Christian, and our standards are higher. We don't compare ourselves to other people and say we are morally better than so-and-so, or we hold ourselves up because we're better than someone else. The standard, of course, is Jesus himself. Captain America is good, but he is not perfect, and neither are we. Now we don't don't bring this up this morning and it wasn't part of our reading today so that we wallow in our guilt or that we feel shame. That's not the point at all. But rather this, we've all sinned. None of us are perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God. So that we then look not to ourselves but rather to the cross of Jesus. And we find our redemption there not in our moral goodness, but rather in the righteousness of Christ himself. Recognizing that we are sinners, and only by the grace of God do we now have a relationship with God and Jesus himself. So we begin with Captain America, the first Avenger. He doesn't have these superpowers. He doesn't have x-ray vision. He can't jump over buildings in a single bound. He's not faster than his speeding bullet. He can't shrink himself. He can't throw a spidey web. His power is his goodness. And so also for us, Christ's righteousness is our goodness as well. Secondly, we see that he is on a team, and he's in a battle, just like you are. Now, if this were a sports team, we might say that he would be the the glue guy, He's not the the most talented player on the team. He doesn't have all these superpowers, but he truly is the captain. Not just in title, but in his role. We can always count on Steve Rogers. We can always count on Captain America to do the right thing. To stand up for goodness. Now, let's compare the Avengers. We have a picture of them. Let's compare them. And if you can see some of those, we have you know, we have gods like Thor. We have incredible strength like in the Hulk. We have all these superpowers, and yet they're all flawed, aren't they? We know Tony Stark is a little bit self-centered. We see uh, Thor who can get a little lazy. He, he kind of loses focus from time to time. We have conflict, and yet this is the team that is chosen. Now, there's another team. Let's compare this one. This is the team that is gathered by Jesus. There should be a picture there of Jesus standing, and you have the 11 disciples. Now, how many of you are watching The Chosen? Anybody watching The Chosen? Some of you have done that. What, do you, what have you learned about these characters? Now, they're all biblical, but they kind of use a little bit of uh, Hollywood in it. You see Matthew. I think he's a little bit on, on the spectrum there. He's a little off from time to time. He's also greedy. We see Peter. He's impetuous. He's punching people in the face all the time. He's getting into fights. James and John, they just want to call down the power of God, as we so often do, just to zap our enemies. Not for good. You see Simon the Zealot. He just wants to kill all the Romans. It's a rather flawed group, wouldn't you say? So turn to the person next to you and say, you are dim-witted, scared, and skeptical. All right? You are dim-witted, scared, and skeptical, just like the apostles. Yes, you are, truly. And then point to the person next to you and ask this question, why in God's world were you chosen for the team? Can you do that? Why in God's world were you chosen for the team? And I would say, I have no idea. I have no idea. Well then, why did he pick me? I have no idea either. The fact is we're all flawed, aren't we? We just pointed out we're sinners. No matter who we compare ourselves to, we are going to have some flaws. And if we compare ourselves to Jesus, we fall way, 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 way short. And yet God picked you. And God picked me for a purpose. But here's the thing about a team. We're all different. We're all diverse. But what makes us strong is not the diversity, but rather the unity of the purpose that we have. Do you remember Captain America's purpose in the movies? Even in, the spite, of, in spite of overwhelming odds, in the face of evil, so often his role was to save the world. Do you know what your, your role is? In the face of evil, in spite of overwhelming odds, it is to save the world the world. That is why we are here to touch hearts and transform lives with the light of Jesus Christ. Not just for the now, but for all of eternity. And here's the point. Put a big star by this. Like the Avengers, we need one another. We need each other to fight evil. And we need each other to rescue people from eternal Death, my friends, I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. But together, we can make an eternal difference in the lives of our family and our friends and our neighbors and our community and all the way into the world. I've said all of this to make the last point. Captain America stands firm regardless of the odds. Even when Thanos snaps his fingers, if you remember that, and everyone turns to dust, He doesn't give up. Even when it seems like there is no way, he does not give up. And the reason that I relate so well to him, and I think a lot of us do, is because he doesn't have all these superpowers. He's fairly ordinary, just like you and me. And we can make a difference because this is what we know. Unlike in the movies where The outcome is in the balance. We know who wins. Jesus Christ has already won the victory. On the cross, he said, it is finished, meaning that the victory has been won over the forces of evil, that Satan has been defeated, that death has been defeated, that the forces of evil have been vanquished. Now, will there be skirmishes from time to time? Of course there will. But the battle, the victory, the war is won. And so, as you heard from Dana, put on the full armor, just like Jesus did when he faced the devil. He didn't use his God powers. He didn't use his superpowers. He used exactly what is available to you and to me the word of God, in prayer, in truth. And he stood up to the devil just like we can. As we finish up here, I want you to see that so often, as Christians, we're always on the defensive, just like Captain America with the shield, and we need to do that for ourselves. As you heard from Dana, put on the helmet of salvation. What a blessing that is, just like little Ella here this morning. God has put on her the helmet of salvation. He has proclaimed, you are my child. I am going to protect you from all these evil forces. I have put the name of God on your heart. My spirit now lives in you, and you are mine. And he said that for all of you as well. But there's more than that. We know we're saved, but what about all the rest of these people? Every one of you has people that you know. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's someone close. Maybe it's a friend, someone at work. Maybe it's your neighbor. They don't know the victory's been won. Jesus died for everyone, but two-thirds of the world doesn't know it. And when the end comes, When the Lord comes in all of his glory and in judgment, feel good for yourself and in all of us who know we're going to heaven. But agree for those who don't. The good news is Jesus hasn't come yet, has he? He has not yet returned and so there is still time to get on the offensive, to be a warrior for God, to take up the weapons of prayer, to pray not only for yourself but for those who don't yet know Jesus, to put on that belt of truth, to stand up against evil, and finally to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which, which can vanquish any of our foes. So the final question is this. Would you, would you sacrifice yourself for people you've never met? Paul writes, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Would you sacrifice yourself for people you've never met? Would you sacrifice yourself? Or an enemy. For someone you don't like. For someone who has a different ideology than you. For someone that opposes the gospel. God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. In other words, when we were the enemy of God, because all of us have rebelled at one time or another, While we were still enemies, Christ died for us. Jesus sacrificed his life for you, who was once his enemy, and now for everyone. We put our superheroes up on a pedestal, and well we should, real-life heroes, first responders those who put their life on the line those who go into battle to oppose the enemies of our country and we applaud and we honor the person who in the the spur of the moment would throw his body on a grenade making that choice to die so that his brothers in arms can live and rightly so we should we we put our fantasy heroes like Captain America and Superman and all the rest as the ideal of the value that we hold and that we'll, we would love to emulate. But think of this. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity, knew from all of eternity that he would give his life, not just in the, in the passion of the moment, That he has always known that he would come down from heaven and strip off his crown, give up his godliness, his deity, his authority as God, and suffer as a mere human being and finally die for his enemy. Can you imagine as a child or even as a teenager knowing that you are going to grow up and in your early 30s be nailed to a cross and hang there for six hours in the burning sun and literally die of dehydration. It's exactly what our Lord has done for us. You are already saved. Just are these billions of people around the world, and yet so many don't know it. Are you ready to take up the battle? (laughs) Are you ready to put on the shield and the armor? And are you ready to take up the sword of the Spirit? (laughs) Are you in? Are you in? Yes, you're all in. Let's do all that we can through our prayers, through the Spirit of truth and the Word of God bring in as many others as we possibly can. Amen? Amen. let all rise now. We'll continue with our offering and with our prayers. We'll now have our time of offering. Um...